You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 231. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Building change maturity in organizations is a necessity in these times, no matter who is leading the charge. Transformation offices, PMOs, change management offices, all of those types of organizations lend themselves to the cause if they are strategic enough. Engaging the right sponsors and the necessary level of onboarding all of the impacted stakeholders, and you know you've heard me talk about all of the different stakeholder groups you do need to engage, to this cause, managing change to achieve organizational purpose. No matter what you call your organization now, how do you help your organization drive change with and through all of your impacted stakeholders? We're going to answer that question and many more in today's episode. But before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Meisterplan. Meisterplan has been in a long-standing partnership with PMO Strategies. Our partnership is based on a shared mindset, as Meisterplan empowers you to achieve the PMO you've always desired. Meisterplan is a comprehensive yet lightweight PMO solution with a particular emphasis on resource and capacity planning so you can reliably deliver what matters most to your business. With features like drag and drop project ranking, real-time scenario comparison, and allocation heat maps, portfolio managers have all the project data they need right at their fingertips. See for yourself how Meisterplan can help you uncomplicate your project portfolio. Start your free 30-day trial at Meisterplan.com. That's M-E-I-S-T-E-R-P-L-A-N.com. Now with me today to talk about building organizational change maturity with the PMO transformation or strategy delivery team is Isolda Kanikani. Now Isolda is a transformation and OCM, Organizational Change Management Delivery Lead at Platformation. And that's so cool because it's Plat with the number formation. I think that's pretty neat. So definitely look it up. And she's working with decision makers on a daily basis to help them realize their digital strategy and transformation stories. She's a driving force and initiator who gets a lot of satisfaction from seeing a job well done. Girl after my own heart a global board member of the ACMP, which is the Association of Change Management Professionals. And she's also published a bunch of research designed to help companies develop their organizational change maturity to achieve their business goals. Isolde, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was great to be here and thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we hit record, we were talking about how you ended up here on the podcast and what that journey looked like. So would you mind sharing that with the audience that's listening today? Yeah, no problem. I think uh, it was happened very much by chance. I think in the beginning, this was about a year uh, from today, actually, uh, when I think back on it, and I was basically looking at uh, different things on LinkedIn and somebody said, hey, look, Isolda, you should really check out this CMO conference. And at that time, I hadn't heard of uh, the Impact Conference. And I was thinking, well, you know, this is interesting because coming from the change, the organizational change direction, I find it really important to look at the crossover between uh, change management and project management, but also I've been a part of setting up quite some transformation and working in this kind of area of things. 
So when I get the opportunity to really look at, okay, the crossover between these d- different areas, then I'm really intrigued. So I applied for last year's conference and I was accepted. So I gave a first talk on change ops or change operations in organizations. This year, I'm really happy to be able to present a further step. So we've been doing quite lots of research in between. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talk to, to you a little bit more about it today. So excited. So, so excited. So for everyone listening, if you are new to this podcast and you're a new impact driver in our community, you may not realize how much I believe that organizational change management and you developing those skills is the key to success for your PMO, your transformation group, your strategy delivery team, whatever you call it, you must have these skills and hone these skills of organizational change management and bringing people with you through the change process. And you see it weave throughout the upcoming book we're writing on the Impact Engine in our Impact Engine system and everything we teach and all throughout this podcast. So this topic for you today If you listen to any of these podcast episodes, this one is a really important for you because it's all about organizational change maturity and how you help an organization thrive by understanding these concepts. So how about we start there, Isolde? What is organizational change maturity? Well, I think one of the first things uh, that's maybe nice to make uh, really clear here is that change maturity doesn't necessarily mean change management maturity. Right. This is something that we discovered in the first research we did October last year. It's a really big outcome. So with that, the main difference is that if you're thinking about change management maturity, I think this is a little bit more well known. Uh, a natural outcome of being mature in change management in terms of an organization would be very much that they have a change management office. You have a a small group of people who are really catering for change in the organization, managing it on the project level quite often and even on the program level. Change maturity, though, on the other hand, is something which is really an organization-wide capability. And this can sound very big and very theoretical. A lot of people say, hey, lucky Zolda, nice topic. This is quite theoretical because who can change a whole organization? Right. Well, I'm pragmatic with this. I say, well, look, let's get the ideal out first. So let's gauge what change maturity is in organizations. And then you can take it small and start out with really pragmatic next step. And that can be on the project level, program level. It could be in a PMO. It could be continuous improvement activities or even as uh, high up and getting into the realms of strategic change. And that's really with transformation offices or something similar. Okay. So why is organizational change maturity different from organizational change management maturity? Well, I think it's an interesting question because in a way, the why is maybe less important as what the outcomes are for me. So if I look at uh, change management maturity, quite often what we end up with is some kind of change management office or an organizational unit, which is very much focused on maintaining a best practice of change management within an organization. And it has a restricted number of individuals who are really capable of managing that change. If I look then to change maturity, so the second one, what this is really focusing on is an organization-wide capability. In a sense, what we're looking at there is that essentially every single individual with an organization needs to grow some kind of change capability. And there's something here which has also come out of some of the research that we actually developed in the last months. And that is very much this two areas or two parts to this. 
So one is looking very much at the ability of the organization to actually change. So you could imagine a car as an example. The car can move from A to B. So how easy that car moves would be this kind of first type of change maturity. The second one, though, is uh, very much based on disciplines. What I mean by a discipline could be the possibility of the organization to manage projects. It's a really nice example for this audience. So in that case, the projects and the, this discipline is like the car. The car, basically, it could be a 1950s car, which hardly runs at all. So very low maturity in terms of the discipline. Or it could be a Porsche that drives 100 miles per hour within seconds. And then you, you have a completely different level of maturity. So the car, or in this case, the discipline maturity needs to be at a certain level so that it's able to cater for change and move with change. And then you have the actual ability to change from A to B. So the car moving from A to B. These were the two areas that we found. So capability to change, and I call this agility in many shapes and forms. And the second one was this uh, maturity of disciplines within the organization. And most organizations have somewhere between five and 10 different disciplines that you could really say, hey, look, if we could get these disciplines to become mature and fit that together with the ability to be agile as an organization, to move with what the times bring, what the organization's environment brings, then really have the possibility to be change capable but also to, which is probably more important, is to actually deal with the things that are coming our way. So that's really interesting because when I say organizational change management, I kind of mean all of that together, right? To me, it's all, it's not like change management of managing the specific changes on a project, right? Like you have a change control board and you're trying to manage project changes. It's not that to me. It's more about leading the organization from a current state through a transition period to a future state. And what I'm hearing you say is that organizational change and maturity is how well you do that at an organizational level. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe nice to add here is that I think, you know, over the years, what we have is, so let's go back to the change management uh, maturity for a second. So I in the ideal scenario, change management office would be connected to strategic goals in the organization. And it would be growing change capability or change maturity. They're not exclusive of each other. And I think this is something really nice to kind of highlight there. But the nice thing right. about really focusing on change maturity is it actually means that, you know, if you're really focusing in on those disciplines, that's where you start to see a good crossover between different disciplines within the organization. So in many ways, what I advocate for myself is there is no point to have these siloed kind of organizational units, for want of a better word who are doing their own thing, whether they're maintaining project management, they're maintaining change, they're maintaining continuous improvement or anything else. But it's somehow to see if we can create this combined capability to then manage change in all of its shapes and forms and to drive that on a strategic level. So this is really where my passion and my interest is. And this is why I'm really pushing forward this idea of change maturity over the change management maturity. There isn't a right or a wrong or a better or a worse. It's just that the change maturity on the organization level is a much more holistic, strategic, has a, a strategic possibility with it. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. I totally get it. And, you know, we do a lot of scale up and transformation work for organizations. We're spending a lot of time in the scaling space as we were talking about before we hit record when we were just chatting. And that's a lot of what organizations need help with is that what I often find is that we have to tell them what got you here won't get you there. And just everything being kind of chaotic and just, you know, responding to, you know, overchanging, right? Like responding to every, you know, shiny object kind of thing is not going to be the discipline that needs to get you there. However, it's about the people and the way the organization embraces change, I think is the right word, that is really around this organizational change maturity concept. So I love that. But I have to ask, there's a lot of different kinds of organizations, PMOs, transformation offices, change management offices. There's all these different types of functions out there. And you kind of started talking about that. I've always been concerned that PMO people, for example, or project managers will say, well, there's an organizational change management team in our organization, so they'll handle the change, right? And that drives me absolutely crazy because they're acting like change management is something that can be outsourced to a department to do, as opposed to understanding that everybody in the organization is responsible for adopting, embracing, and being a part of change, which I think is where this change maturity kind of fits very nicely, is it's not somebody else's problem to solve. It's everybody. And if you really want to mature as an organization, everyone needs to be a change maker and a part of that process. That's my belief. So I'm curious, though, what is your take on transformation offices, PMOs, and CMOs, and what do they have in common? And is there a little bit of conflict there? No, no, very nice question. There's always two parts to this. And I think the first one is I see a lot of crossover in the types of struggles that we have. You know, so and I talk about we as in I could be a change management office, PMO or transformation office, you name it. There's a lot of different names for these things. But essentially what some of the, the main struggles are having, uh, for an example, an advocate on the highest board. You know, so really somebody who is understanding and pushing forwards this kind of organizational unit, making sure that it's connected with the right things. We're fulfilling the right purpose because essentially it's very easy for, I'll talk more in terms of a change management office, but actually this could be the PMO and various other types of organization within organizational structure. So the CMO, what they see so often when we're setting these things up is people are starting to focus very much on how can we maintain what got in terms of change management and not really thinking, okay, every single activity we are doing should be outcome-based. It should bring value to the business. So the difference there is that you get the first option is this sort of siloed, almost falling in on itself situation where you're disconnected and you're trying to maintain something. And when you're in that kind of situation, it's sort of inevitable that it just kind of collapses in on itself at a certain point. And you see that, that after maybe a lifetime of three years or five years, a CMO can just kind of collapse and then it's no more. And then they set up a new one at some point. But if you're really connecting with strategic level goals, purpose, and you're really realizing the most you can in terms of value with everything that you're doing, I think this is where it gets so interesting because it's not only just about an organizational unit to that point, it's about really achieving something for the greater good of the organization. And if you broaden that out into change capability or change maturity building, you're starting to then make 
every single individual both capable but also responsible for change. And even further than that, and this is where I get very excited, and that is that change has been coined as this thing where everybody's bad at it, but we do it every day. So why can't we invite people into thinking Hey, look, you know, there's opportunities here. An organization's dynamic is changing. There's new opportunities for growth in different shapes and forms. Uh, It could be promotion, et cetera. Or even just in your everyday job, you just get a little bit more excitement because you're doing different things. Yeah, for sure. So I'm totally with you on that. And I want to make sure that we bring this home for people that are listening about how they can apply what we're talking about here. And where the real strategic opportunity is, right? I help PMO and transformation leaders all the time understand that they have a really important role they can play in not just, like you said, organizational change management maturity, but in helping their organization mature and its ability holistically to embrace the right level of change and you know get through that transition state to that future state. In the book I'm writing right now, The Impact Engine, we're talking about how the PMO becomes what I call the strategy navigator. And their job is to really help take a step back and look at the whole chessboard and all of the pieces and players on the chessboard and where they have to support strategically moving you know, across to the other side, right? To conquer that future state that they want. And there's a really important role there. We call it, like I said, we call that the strategy navigator. So what do you see as the role that a PMO could play in helping to build change maturity for an organization? Where can they help? Because I think if they figure out the right ways to help, they could really get a seat at the table fast because the executives are looking for the people in the organization that can help them go through this change and this transformation that they need to do Every organization is trying to evolve. And so I think there's a real opportunity here if the PMO can figure out how to really step in. So how can they do that? What are some practical things that they could do? I think, first of all, I really love the idea of the chessboard. I'm always talking about getting everything on the table, which is more or less different kind of image, but same kind of meaning. So I think in terms of practicality, though, you know, there's there's a lot of different strategies here, and it really depends on what you get on the table quite honestly. So sometimes you've got organizations which are really top down and that's how they function. That's the best approach. Other ones are very much bottom up. I think the organization I'm working with now, I don't think it's bad to say that. We get a, a really, so many different initiatives and things happening from bottom up. Um, it's a very powerful tool. So I think depending on that though, you know, there's some really nice basic first steps. So I was talking also before, you know, we don't always need to take the whole organization in one go. So some of the tools that I quite often use in terms of to kind of start building change maturity could even be strategic silos. And what I mean by that is more or less the incubator units that you can create. So it depends a bit on the change maturity need the organization has. So if you're wanting to change, say, for example, you're an organization that has a lot of policies, a lot of hierarchy, many, many levels of people, things that need to be okayed and to have signed off then incubator units can be such a great tool because what you can do is you can basically establish the sort of the playing rules of that incubator unit and you can start to even put maybe three agile scrum teams in there. I'm thinking of a particular customer situation now. You can put three agile scrum teams in there and say, hey, look, they don't need to go through half these protocols. They can literally just streamline the process and we can test how that looks like for 
four months or six months or however long we want to kind of do this sort of test situation. And quite often the response then is you start to see, hey, look, actually this really worked. Maybe we had to tweak some of the the kind of the rules that we created for the governance of that incubator. But that's part of the process. So then you could set up more of these in different parts of the organization and you could link them together. You could open them up. So rather than three scrum teams, it could be 20. You name it, you can replay with what I call strategic silos. Another possibility is change playbook. And what we've done in the platformation is really develop two parts to this. So the change playbook is nothing new. I think basically what it establishes at heart is how are we managing change in the organization? Mostly it's associated with a CMO if there is one or change managers in the organization, but it doesn't have to. So this could be something that the PMO could also take on uh, in one shape and form. But basically where it gets very interesting and practical is that we've created a standard part, which is more like telling you, okay, who organizes change? How is it organized approach, et cetera. But the interesting thing is that the second part is very much looking at scenarios. So what we quite often do for customers is we start out with a, a value loss mapping. So we say, okay, nice organization, guys. So what is going on here? Where are the areas where a lot of value is actually getting lost? So we try and map that out in one shape or form. And then from there, we look at, okay, if we could apply some change maturity building practice there, or even a, a basic approach in many cases, we can win back that value that's getting lost. We can then reapply the return on investment into other areas. So quite often, this is working alongside projects. In a very simple way, we start a project anyway, because there's a real need there. It could even be something like a merging acquisition situation. You're merging two organizations together. You have the project where you're taking one smaller organization often into the other organization. There's various integration projects that you need to do in order to fully realize this sort of new one organization. So from there, if you do a, a scenario for that, it's only like maybe 10% extra effort for somebody who has the ability to manage this and to coordinate the details necessary to kind of build this change maturity. So it's only 10% extra on top of what would normally happen, but you're kind of cataloging the process so that it can be reproduced over and over again. So this is this sort of a project value that's realized just with a sort of 10% or it can be a little bit more or less investment. But it's also cumulative. So over time, the more times you do this on these kind of value loss situations, the more times you're actually just building up value that can be reinvested into the organization. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot right there. There's a lot of different ways that the PMO can play a bigger game in helping to elevate the organizational change maturity. Can you do me a favor just for anyone that was like driving or walking when you were trying to say all that? Can you just do a bullet, like first one, then two, then three, and just like in a single sentence? Because I know we have some note takers that like to listen to this. And I think it would be good for them to have a nice list of, okay, first you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. Could you do that for those of our audience that are like, okay, I need to write all that down? So basically the first um, possibility that uh, we're using a lot is strategic silos or incubator unit. Basically define the scope, the playing ground, the governance of the incubator. And then basically you can test out maybe new cultures and new ways of working that basically are aimed at getting rid of some kind of problem or finding a solution to a particular problem that the organization is having. So incubator units, you can then extend the scope. So you can go from the three scrum teams to the five. But you can also make more of them in the organization and start to link them up. So this is a very nice way to make change maturity on scale. 
call that iterating your way to impact. And I want people to really think about what we're talking about here, right? Making a small change, starting to show some momentum, starting to show some progress, and then using that success and that momentum to then do the next thing, right? And to expand upon it. I think what happens with a lot of PMO leaders is that they say, well, it's not good enough. It's not big enough. It's not enough enough, right? Like there's too much of the enough enoughs, right? Like just get a thing out there, right? In our impact engine program, we teach people to get an MVP, right? Get that minimum viable product, get that first release, that first capability, just fix a thing, right? Like a lot of times, for example, people will be trying to start an organization and they're like, oh my gosh, they have no portfolio management. They have no prioritization. They have no this, they have no that, they have no process. They have all the things they don't have. But you know what? If you talk to your business leaders, they'll be like, I don't even know what projects are happening. So give them a list of the projects happening, right? Like start with that. Just give them a list. You don't have to prioritize it yet. And they can't prioritize until you just give them a list so they can see what's happening. And then from there, they'll be like, oh my gosh, we're doing so much. Maybe we shouldn't be doing so many things. But when they don't get a sense of how much is actually happening, it's really hard to get them to prioritize, right? So the same thing here. You don't have to boil the ocean. Just put one pot on the stove at a time. Do one thing and then get that ready and then you can do the next. So I just want to really want to make sure people are getting that. You do not have to solve every problem in the organization. And I know it's going to drive all you impact drivers crazy that you can't solve everything at once because you see all the problems, but just pick a thing. Do that use that success as the momentum you need to do it again. So thank you for letting me dive into that. I just think that was such a good one. All right, keep going. It's also the snowball effect. You know, if you can get like 10 people on board with your idea, then those are 10 people who are going to advocate further. So it's kind of feels like it might start small at a certain point, but you're actually building people who are building kind of mindset, building capability for them, just taking that further. So those 10 people go out and infect 10 more people. They're change champions, right? Totally. Okay. What's next? So the second option, so just uh, coming back to the bullet points, was very much change playbook. Yes. But more than the traditional. So you have the standard thing, which is very much establishing, okay, what is the change management in the organization? How is it done? Approach? Who is doing it, et cetera. But what we've added is that formation is very much the second part, which is looking at scenarios. And I think this is really the invitation for PMO in the sense that each scenario is like a program or it's a project. And I use the example of M&A. So you're merging one organization into another. Usually this is program or a little bit more. And you're just looking at, okay, so where is the value loss in the organization? M&A is a perfect example where if the project just takes too long, then there's major loss going on in organizations. So you can map out the change journey and a lean approach to change management in that particular scenario, then you win back a lot of value return investment. So last but not least, you have basically, you have the return investment from the project or the program, probably in this case, but also the cumulative effect, because once you've mapped out that journey once, you can repeat and repeat and repeat. Right. So you actually start to get return investment for a much longer period of time. So good. And you're speaking my love language, ROI, baby. Yeah. Right. Every CEO thinks in terms of ROI. So don't kid yourselves, impact driver, thinking that they don't care about it because you work in a government organization or you work in a nonprofit. Oh, I'm a community-based organization. We don't care about ROI. Your CEO does. 
And it might not be dollars, right? It could be return on your you know, investment in the mission, right? It's like we're making all these investments because we want to achieve our mission goals, whatever those are. So it doesn't have to just be dollars for the term ROI to be meaningful. I love it. Okay. And also happy people. You know, if your people are happy because uh, change has been managed to a good degree, then um, less attrition and then it comes back to dollars. But in the end, happy people, I think, is a really nice focus. Yep, exactly. Okay, so I've got one more question for you on this topic, which is why now? Why is all of this so important right now? It's a great question. I think now could have been yesterday. I think we have that experience more often. But uh, over the years, I think what's kind of happened, we've had so many big events in the last, let's say, five years. Yeah. Could be extended a bit more. But I think these different events, and I'm really trying not to say COVID, but it was a major one. So it's a little bit ridiculous not to. But these things, they dropped us into a a slightly new way of working, I think. And you see this very much with uh, change management. So we used to be extremely heavy on create a lot of plans. Mostly we were working alongside waterfall uh, type projects. What that means is that it's, it's more activity based and it's heavy. And what I've seen over the last years is we really need to go towards this lean approach that's really focused on value. There is no action or activity that is not aligned strategically, that's not going to create that value that's so important. So in the end, I think we're in a very interesting time because a lot of the capabilities are slowly changing, but more than ever, technology is increasing. So you have the AI movement from April with ChatGDP starting, or let's say becoming public. Yeah, I think it was behind the scenes for a longer time. But AI is not new. No, it is not. We were doing AI stuff decades ago, back when I was in my early days in computer science and in the technical fields. I can well imagine. Uh, so, you know, in a way, the, I think the sheer amount of change is increasing, though. So if you look at kind of 100 years ago to 50 years ago, there's a whole lot more change happening in that time. And it's speeding up and up and up. So if you just take the example of technology alone, I think most organizations can't keep up with the growth curve of technology. So we're we're just about managing to even kind of make something of some of the possibilities there. Yeah. Probably going to be quite a long time before we're actually capable of reaching really some of the amazing things that are possible with technology currently. But what that means, though, is that on any level, with any kind of strategic goal in terms of technology, as an example, it's really important that organizations are change capable. So the more change capable we are, the more projects we can do, the more change we can initiate at the same time. So therefore, the more capable we are to keep up with that technology growth curve. And this is just one area. So uh, ESG is another area, which is asking a lot of companies, particularly uh, with the new legislation coming in in 2024 for European-based companies. There's a lot of things where Companies are no longer this company internally operating as it can be. The external environment is having huge effects and I believe more and more. Well, I think that this has been really eye-opening for all of our impact drivers listening because a lot of people, when they hear organizational change management, get stuck in the just managing the components of people through a change process, right? As opposed to how do we help position the entire organization to embrace change and be a part of change in an constantly evolving organization. 
And for those listening, they're like, yeah, but I wish my organization would just stop evolving. Well, too bad, because if it doesn't evolve, it will die, right? It must evolve, which is the case that you're making here, Isolde. And now we think we have to make sure that people understand that. The organization will continue to evolve and the very success of the PMO in that organization will be highly dependent upon how well that PMO can help the organization evolve effectively so that it can thrive. So thank you so much for sharing this today. Thank you. No, it's um, an absolute pleasure. I mean, if I may, just one last thought, because this is also something I think a PMO, very much an invitation and that is, if the PMO can link up all the different types of change in, in a strategic way. So what I'm talking about there is changing in form of projects, change in the form of continuous improvement, and to really make this take this to a strategic level, then this could also be quite an amazing thing because what you're doing is if you've got really good to continuous improvement practices, you're actually cutting down the need for projects in certain areas, not in yep. all. But then you can then redistribute the investment that you would have invested in a new projects which are really vital for the survival of the organization. So there's a strategic component to really connecting up all types of change as much as possible and to organize that effectively. Absolutely. It's seeing that whole chessboard or getting all the pieces on the table and figuring out how to make the right moves so that the organization can do the good work it needs to do. And all of that is so we can change the world for the better, one project at a time, right? So thank you so much for being here today. How would people connect with you to learn more about your work or continue the conversation? I think the best way is always LinkedIn with me. We're sharing a lot. So even on my profile, you can find a lot of links to the research that we've actually created and published. So we're very open with everything that we've got. So I really believe in sharing transparency and also learning a lot from other people. So do feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and we can uh, get a conversation going. I love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Oh, I love it. Wow. All right, Impact Driver, you've heard it. This is your call to action to help build organizational change maturity for the entire organization, not just change management on projects. If you love this episode, make sure that you hit subscribe and download these episodes so that they are with you no matter where your high impact journey takes you. Bye-bye for now. 